Hey everybody, welcome to an all new Right Behind Us, the Music Conversation podcast hosted by me, Brandon Daniel, of the Seattle band Beatty and the Sheiks. Today I'm talking with a recent immigrant from Australia, Mr. Leroy McQueen from the band Gooch Palms, or The Gooch Palms. They recently moved uh, over here to LA to make it. They moved here because they, as Leroy put it, were starting to do well in Australia and they didn't want to run the risk of uh, becoming one of those popular Australian bands that's only popular in Australia. So they bravely uh, moved all their stuff to LA and started touring, which is already a great story. And, and Leroy's a great uh, conversationalist, so this one turned out really well and I uh, really enjoyed it and enjoyed their music. So let's get a little taste of uh, the Gooch Palms on the way into the conversation. This is off of their first record and it's called You. Before we do that though, we need to talk about our sponsor today, Hairball Audio. For nearly a decade, Hairball Audio has helped musicians and recording studios improve their recordings by offering high quality outboard recording equipment in DIY kit form. If you're looking to add a great sounding microphone preamplifier or compressor to improve your mix, Hairball Audio has you covered. DIY kits include the highest quality USA made custom components and all units are hand built by you. Hairball Audio's easy to follow build guides and support forums make building and recording equipment easy for anyone from experts to first time builders. Don't settle for cheaply made, poor sounding, mass produced gear sold at big box stores. Hairball Audio has everything you need to join the DIY revolution and transform your recording studio at a fraction of the cost without compromising sound or quality. Check out the full line of compressors, mic preamplifiers, and DIY parts at hairballaudio.com. And for being a listener of this show, you'll receive 5% discount on checkout. Just enter the promo code WBU for right behind us at hairballaudio.com. That's H-A-I-R-B-A-L-L-A-U-D-I-O.com and begin transforming your studio today. All right, now let's hear Leroy from the Gooch Palms. I mean, I miss because we had a we had a house uh, in Newcastle uh-huh. back in our hometown, and it was a three bedroom house, but it was just me and Kat living there. Yeah. So we had one room was like the live room, and in the other room I had my whole studio oh, in cool. there, and yeah. I could like run the leads. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that was that was the hard like when we made the decision to like do this full time. Mm-hmm. 
that was a hard like that when I I remember the day packing up the studio and going oh my god I can't believe we're doing this yeah, you know and I was like so. selling a lot of it uh-huh. I sold the majority of it uh-huh. you know yeah, well, yeah that was painful yeah it was painful but we're having a lot more fun now what do you mean by uh, deciding to do it full time like what did you well like we've always had then? jobs yeah and always lived in Newcastle but when um in Australia. Yeah. yeah. But then we just started, like, especially over there, like, we got bigger and bigger. And we started touring a lot. And then I went from full time to, like, two days a week. Oh, wow. To, what like... I just worked at this vintage clothing store. With, uh-huh. I'm still wearing all the clothes from it. I know. Um, I haven't bought new vintage clothes in quite a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but what was cool about it, it was huge. And uh, I was the only one that worked at it. And, uh, it was kind of cool. Like I worked there five days a week, nine to five. Uh-huh. It was perfect. Like yeah. I had such a good thing going. The pay was like really good, but it was like one of them things that just like, I kept feeling my boss was really cool, but it got to a point where he's like, yo, like, yeah, you, need <laughs> you haven't worked here in two months. <laughs> <laughs> and then we yeah. got like a, it was what, 60 date American tour last year booked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're going to sell everything and we're going to like, because my friend had told me about this room in LA. He was living in it mm-hmm. and he was like, it's only $500 a month and the girl's about to move out. And we were like, all right, that's it. We're gonna so do- it's a room in a house. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then we didn't know who, he moved out and then uh, um, we didn't know who we're moving in with, but they're now our best friends, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. great to know that, you know, all our stuff is somewhere that, that had to, like, there's not like a, some lunatic living there or. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's safe. Yeah. Cause it's know, always a bit risky when it's like cheap rent, you know, yeah. we were kind of like, and it was hard at first cause like the room's a little bit smaller than this room. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, but we've got a loft bed, so everything goes underneath it. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it was hard cause like me and Kat have been a couple for 10 years and we lived by ourselves for seven. Wow. Yeah. So it was like two housemates like that would be tough yeah yeah going communal i i i lived in a like a musician's house down in portland um when i met my wife and it was cool mm-hmm. um it was a, it was a really good situation but um yeah to like live there with my wife would be tough yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's interesting but everyone's like like uh super into music but like mm-hmm. we just watch tv and hang out and drink beers and yeah, they all work right. full time so like we've got the house to us i think that's what makes the difference like mm-hmm. from like nine to sort of six mm-hmm. we can you know do stuff yeah know? like we right. took over the whole house screen printing merch the oh, other day cool. they came home it was like just merch hanging for it, but uh-huh. they're cool with it because uh-huh. i guess essentially like they've got these two australian housemates but we're never there and we pay rent and <laughs> right. We had a subletter once, but she turned out to be a complete nutter. So yeah. we promised them that we'd never do that to them again. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's, and plus, it's like way nicer now because like we painted our room and put the loft bed in. So I kind of don't want anyone to be in there anyway. Yeah. And kind of get. We always like clean it before we go on tour. So when we come back, it's like ah, this is nice. Right. Yeah, and eventually one day you could have like a house that you sublet or yeah. that you uh, Airbnb or whatever. Yeah. You yeah, know. that would be really cool. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you like living in LA? It's great. Like, it's, I mean, compared to living in a small town in Australia, mm-hmm. 
it's it's kind of psycho to like uproot your life and move to one of the biggest cities in the world, world. yeah and uh you know realizing that you've got to drive everywhere and but the music scene is so strong there mm-hmm. and uh but at the same time like really supportive mm. and uh surprisingly like less egos than i expected because like people will literally sort of play any shows and like you know um there's so many cool places to play like um this is like bowling alley all-star lanes like they do shows all the time and it'll get like bands that are kind of like doing really well but they'll be like screw it let's like play it all-star lanes and then yeah. you've got like the smell which is like yeah. that all ages venue which is right now yeah yeah we did a show <laughs> for them and they raised like fifteen thousand dollars great yeah yeah which is awesome because um, they want to move it, basically. Oh, is that what they want to do? Mm-hmm. To what? They can't save it. They can't. There's no saving the current one because it's, <laughs> it's the like city's demolishing the building. Ah. To turn it into a car park, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Which is, you know, that's all downtown LA seems to be now. <laughs> so it's like if they keep knocking anything down, there's going to be no reason to drive down here. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that what they're trying to do is like raise enough money to put a deposit down on a new building somewhere but it'll never unfortunately them things it's always hard that because like we played the no last night and uh-huh. it's closing down as well in portland mm-hmm. i didn't know that yeah oh yeah really? i didn't know that i did oh, i gotcha <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, um... which was cool because we played with mean jeans last night um and it was like so many people there yeah. But it was like, yeah, people were kind of like really sad, but they're doing the same thing. They're moving. So oh, it's okay. the nose moving. But I feel like I've seen it happen before. And like, I don't know, like mm-hmm. maybe it'll be cooler or, but sometimes it's hard to like get it back to like what it was. Well, it's interesting what's happening in LA. Like so many bands go in there, uh, you know, so many popular uh, indie or indie bands like um, the OCs and stuff, um, Ty Siegel. Moving down there, you know, for the obscurity of mm-hmm. being in a big city. Yeah. As opposed to being a big fish in a small pond yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. But San Francisco, L.A., Seattle, Portland suffering from it too, um, where it just keeps getting wealthier. Yeah. And when you raise rents like that, you do push out artists. Except yeah. for, like, New York. You know, which is this, everybody has just always assumed, okay, we're going to go suffer and be poor yeah. artists in New York. Yeah. That's fine because that's like a, a lifestyle that people have done for the last 60 years or whatever. Yeah. More, probably more than that. Um, but L- the the fact that LA is attracting that now, is just really kind of surprising. It is. Know? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you had have told me three years ago that I'd be right. living in LA, I would have laughed because yeah. I think if we had made a move over here three or four years ago, it would have been like maybe Portland or Oakland sure. that we would have moved mm-hmm. to be part of like a music community. Yeah. But, um, but even Oakland's getting nicer now. Yeah. I mean, the same thing's happening back home. Like, is it like they're knocking down all the cool old buildings in Newcastle because like basically what happened in our city was we had a bit of a Detroit situation where we were one of the biggest steel cities in the world mm. producing a lot of steel and it mm. closed down in 1999 
and like a hundred thousand people like left wow. just like you know overnight and you gotta like remember like when that happens like 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 wives own shops and yeah. like things like that and it just like i remember it just being like such a vibrant city and like they used to have like late night shopping on Thursdays and we have an out so like an outdoor mall uh-huh. sort of thing and it's like really cool and um and I just felt like someone clicked their finger and, and, and it was just abandoned. Yeah. And it was just like, what happened? And people will I remember like going like, Oh, I really hope this city comes back to life and it has, but in a completely horrible condos, apartments, right. cheaply made. Oh, do like technology companies move in? No, not just like developers. Wow. But there's got to be a business, <clears throat> an economic resource. Yeah, coal. It. Coal? Yeah. Coal was the replacement industry? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What is it, like 1920? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so much coal. It's and because crazy. we're a huge, like, harbour. Yeah, so. but like, Australia's even you know, committed to, but they've been one of the companies, or companies, same thing, uh, been in one of the countries, like, globally to commit to uh, reducing their carbon emissions. Yeah, that's probably just to take the heat off. Yeah, probably. Because, like, we're, like, really responsible for it. (laughs) Like, we're practically keeping China alive. With with, coal. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. But it is, I mean, Australia is, like, the tropical, Canada and that you have this like huge you know uh, space and resource mm-hmm. you know that yeah. nobody will live in you know yeah. like, like they won't, won't live in, in a majority of the country yeah. so you can use all of its resources yeah it's sad like, like when you drive or, f- drive or fly from especially flying from like the east coast of Australia like from like Sydney over to like Perth on the west coast and you like look down and it's just like huge minds like just Ew. just like it makes yeah. your stomach like you feel sick it's just oh, like yeah. it's so totally. bad they're so gross they're yeah so and now BP are like moving into the Great Australian Bight which is down the bottom mm-hmm. of Australia right near Adelaide and they like found a whole lot of oil that they want to start drilling so that's just like a new thing mm-hmm. that's happening there because there's already like they want to get rid of half of the Great Barrier Reef because it's easier for them, for the ships to come in. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, there's so much happening over there for such a, like, underpopulated country. Yeah. People <laughs> want so much of it, because, right. like you said, there's there's a lot of resources under the ground. So, wh- one of the things I like finding out is, um, when did you, um, when did you, in, in your life, start be- becoming musical and... Uh, pretty much straight out of the womb. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I sort of like, wasn't like some sort of like genius that came out, but I was just like, right. um, I grew up like right across the road from uh, Ben Gillies, the drummer of Silverchair. Oh, well, that's so funny. I yeah. was a Silverchair fan when I was a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, so like, you know, they were like 15, 16 years older than me. Well, and this- You know, so... Uh, not Ben, but is the lead singer. Daniel. Dad, what Daniel? His dad is a record producer, right? Nah, none of their no? parents were musical whatsoever. Really? No. Oh, weird. No, his dad was just the dad. Just they're just regular families. Yeah. Um, How did they end up uh, on their trajectory? Then? Um, 
well, Nirvana. Right, right. Like the end oh, of yeah. Nirvana. Yeah. Um, looking exactly like Nirvana, but 14 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Um, but I think they just had like a really good manager that saw something. And yeah, next thing, like I remember being a kid skateboarding outside my house, like maybe like five years old. Uh-huh. And um, just like limousines turning up and like Ben going in it because they were like driving. Because we we're about three three hours north of Sydney. Yeah. And it's the biggest city in Australia. And uh, so, like, record companies were just sending limos to have meetings. And, like, people, like, huge record companies were flying over from, like, England, America. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they ended up signing... I can't remember who they signed with. I think maybe EMI. Whatever it was. But it was crazy. And I just went... I want that so bad. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I could hear him rehearse. Yeah. Because they rehearsed above the garage. Up until, like, they did it at, there for, like, three albums. They, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they right. still rehearsed exactly on the street. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and then I got a drum set, and Ben gave me a lot of his hardware. So you were going to school with him? I mean, I'm... You were like... I'm, like how old are they like maybe like 10 years younger than them like they're like late 30s now oh so you're you're younger you're 10 years younger than them or yeah somewhere in there. so you, you, you i went to school with a with daniel's younger sister oh okay um but i went to the same elementary school and the same high school as them are they still like a thing there no 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 they they broke up or oh, i don't actually i sort of don't know what they've done like I it was like three albums and then I they kind of lost it, me. It kind of fizzled out around early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just like drummed away, played drums, uh, from about eleven years old. Cool. Up until, yeah, up until like two thousands when I went to high school and, <laughs> and then like got the high got school. Your yeah. drum stuff from him. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. That's really yeah, cool. and then started like high school bands at like fourteen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, like I wasn't that good at school either so um i used to just spend all my time at the music classes right and uh i could play guitar and bass and drums so like when people did like their exams or whatever Mm -hmm. i was always like doing stuff for like older kids or like singing for them or that sort of stuff so Uh yeah yeah so yeah always there's always been some form of music like my parents aren't musical no one in my family's ever been in a band yeah do you have siblings no i'm an only child you're an only child yeah, which explains a lot. But no, yeah. I'm, I've been surprised. I have a son and he's nine and I've been really surprised by like how I grew up thinking that an only child, you know, was pretty definable, you mm-hmm. know, and I've, I've experienced that they're not. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different type of only, only childs out there. Like yeah. I'm... I'm kind of like not one of the ones that likes doing stuff by himself. Like I like to be around other people because I spent so much time with just me. Yeah. Um, but then I've got like other buddies that are like only children and um, they'll just like shut the door and yeah. just be in their room doing stuff, you know, yeah. which I'm definitely not one of them ones for sure. But yeah. Um, I think yeah. there's so many people are so complicated. There's so many other things that go in. Yeah, for it's sure. like an astrological sign, you know. It's like yeah. okay, it, it, so, it points to some things that make sense, but 
Yeah. It definitely is not a definition. No, not at all. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. But, uh, yeah, I guess, but that had a lot to do with music as well. Like, I just spent so much time just... Yeah, because yeah, I was lucky, like, also a guy who was just, like, a local musician, but he, um, in, like, the, the early, early 90s, he was part of the sub-pop record club, 7-inch club thing. Sure. So he was getting, yeah. like, all these, like, things, like, yeah. sent, and just, like, heaps of different music. But I remember, like, like blasting Hanson because, you know, I was, like... yeah eight years old right and uh he was just like no and so like he brought he brought like a ton of cds that like changed like huskadoo and the pixies and yeah Yeah. um like bleach by nirvana and like you know like stuff that's like it's not like that underground or whatever but like for Mm -hmm. me as like a kid like i was just like oh whoa like this is sick. Like, this is so cool. As an 11 year old kid, that's how I felt listening to Nirvana and, you know, Stone Temple Pilots and all that kind of stuff that was on popular radio, popular rock radio, but also even Silverchair. Yeah. The first time I heard Silverchair going like, whoa, these guys are only, you know, 16. Yeah. They sounded like they were to, you know, when you're 11. Yeah. They sound like they're, adults yeah like and i mean age between 20 and 30 yeah you know? and i mean what's crazy is like if you saw our hometown you'd be like how like there's nothing to sort of inspire there's no like there's actually like no bands before them to like go off from that from newcastle yeah like yeah. we had like a band called the screaming jets who had some sort of like australian success there but there was a band jet yeah they're from melbourne Let's but, think uh, about let's think about some Australian <clears throat> groups for a second. There is there's Wolf Mother. Yeah, I mean I'm not huge fans of of of, of I'm them. I'm not thinking that you. Yeah, were. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting. No. I've heard your music. I know. Yeah. I know. <clears throat> but there was a lot of cool stuff actually, like if you scraped under the surface. Yeah. Of like bands like Jet, like there was a band who I personally thought was way better than Jet and should have had Jet success. I think called, so. Called uh, Dallas Crane. Yeah. And they, to me, it was like one of them stories where they were clearly the better band, but Jet got lucky. Yeah, that's always... It's, yeah. I mean, that is everything in the music industry. Yeah. Just total luck. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, and that's so f- horrible to say. I don't even like saying it because it's so horrible for young artists to hear that kind of thing. I mean, they're going to deny it anyway. If they're anything like I was, when I was a kid, I was just like... No, I'm not listening to any reason. Yeah, I'm I mean... I'm totally just going to be an artist and whatever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's happened to us a million times, like, where a band has, um, like, supported us on a tour of Australia or whatever, and then, like, for whatever reason, like... And I've even been like, yeah, they're they're okay. Like, they're mm-hmm. all right, man. And next thing I know, they're ten times bigger than us. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that is so weird. That stuff's so weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah, you just got to take it as like with a grain of salt. Like if you mm-hmm. think about it too much or like let it get to you, there'd be no point being in a band because it no. it, it happens way too much. Um, yeah, you know, you have and, to be resilient. Yeah, you do. I mean, um, grit is like as important as creativity in the music industry. Yeah, you yeah you get kicked down on a daily basis in being in a band, especially like. Yeah. When you start doing what me and Kat do, like heavily touring, yeah, you know, and especially like um, 
like in Australia, things are getting like really nice because we're playing like, you know, sort of 500 cap venues now and oh, okay, they're selling yeah. out and... You know, so we have like the nice rider now, and we have like a TM, and, and it's like halfway there. <laughs> yeah, in America, well, for, but that's pretty good. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you were saying. I mean, you you um, about the show um, in LA, like that was a good night. Yeah. Um, and I'm imagine because of connections to like Burger and all that yeah. kind of stuff, there are cool festival ones and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I understand that because I mean I've been doing I've been doing that shit for years. Yeah, you know, and it hasn't changed. Yeah, like, like with touring and stuff, it has, but it hasn't. And I can make like a passive like side occupation level of lo- living. Mm-hmm. But going to like the next level is always a mystery. Yeah, I mean, you just yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Like we we sort of um we fought our way for everything that we've got. So yeah. like, it feels like, like so good now when we go home right. and like, we can like live off the money that we make back home, you know, but what's cool is like, and that's why we made the move to America because there's actually, because Australia is such a small country, a big country in yeah. size, in yeah, landmass, but, yeah, yeah. um, just really unpopulated. So, yeah. um, you know, you're really stretching to do a 10 day tour, you know, and it's spread out over because the, like I said, like the land mass is so big. So you, you're doing like 10 hour drive days, you know, cause you can fly, but if you want to save costs, cause like, you know, when we do Australian tours, like half of the van's full of merch, right. You know, cause we've got like four different shirts. We've got like socks. We've got everything, you oh, know, like, cool. you know, so, um, yeah, like the last tour we did, um, you know, it's kind of nice these days. Like we've got like our own like TM slash merch uh-huh. guy and that like, but what's good, there's a curse because like if you get really, really big over there in Australia, it's really hard to leave because, why? You, well, it just, you know, I can't imagine getting, you know, selling out 1500 cap rooms in Australia and then coming to play to 30 people in Oh, you know right. what I mean? Like, it's just like, well, that's why we decided to make the move, um, now, now, you know, cause it, it's like really exciting. Cause like things are starting to get like better and better over here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you still have the nights where like nobody shows up and all that, but it's like, it keeps you such a better band. Like, like we oh, definitely. are way better than we were before we moved over here and started touring here so heavily because it just makes you like your skin gets a lot thicker. Yep. You know, you everything that can happen happens because yep. you're playing 40, 50 shows. I love it, the resiliency yeah. in, in, uh, of, of the practice, like, you know, playing every night. Shit. I mean, everything can uh, that, that can happen to you happens even in the 12 hours between, you know. And I think that's what people forget. Like, people go like, how hard could it be? You only play like between half an hour and 50 minutes a night it's like no it's like 24 hours when you're on tour it's it yeah there's no clocking off no it's like living on a spaceship yeah you know like and you're not nothing it nothing that exists in our normal daily life exists the same way no on tour yeah and it's not compl- i'm not complaining about it either no, like i wouldn't like change it, it. Yeah. Dedicated. yeah yeah but um it's yeah it's a bizarre lifestyle choice i must say when you want to start touring like you kind of have their moments of like 
why am I doing this to myself? Like I'm so run down and, yeah. and like you basically kiss your health goodbye the minute you step, leave your yeah. house in the tour van. Or even like before you, uh, leave for some reason, like, especially as a singer, like your health goes to shit right yeah. before you go. Yeah. As soon as I got back sure. to Australia and it was like our biggest headlining tour of Australia last month. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I was like on the plane. I was like, Ooh, I can feel like a tickle in my throat. And I was like, got off that, like, you know, the 15 hour flight. By the time I got off, like snot was running out of me. I couldn't stop coughing. I like completely had lost my voice and I hadn't sung a note yet. So, but what's good about Australian tours is you kind of play one night and then you've got like four nights off. Oh, so cool. you could just go, yeah. you could just but go for it. You know, that is like the, tr- like that kind of sucks. Too, yeah. You know, because when you're on tour, you know, one night off is enough after you've done 14 days. Yep. Yeah. But you don't really want nights off. Nah. You know? Nah. So- yeah. It's hard to keep momentum rolling. Like, it's, it feels weird. Like, a lot of time you're rehearsing between shows. Yeah, I've done that before. That's weird, too. Yeah. Like, oh, here we are in San Diego, and this rehearsal room looks exactly like the one that we... I know. <laughs> Isn't that weird? They all look the same. They all smell the same. Like, yeah, they, they have that, that smell of, like, masking sweat yeah. smell. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. and beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're all, like... Isn't it crazy how they're all filled with metal bands? Yeah. They love no, rehearsing. No one, no, one, no one rehearses more than metal bands. No. No. Well, they kind of got to. They got a lot of parts. They got a lot of things they got to a lot remember. Of speed going yeah. On, yeah. 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 And that is correct. Yeah. The best rehearsal I ever had, we rehearsed at this place in LA called Bedrock. And uh, we were like playing. And uh, we're like maybe like 20 minutes into playing, rehearsing. And uh, we could hear that band X mm-hmm. coming from somewhere yeah, yeah. and we're like, and we put our ear up and we realized X was rehearsing next door to us. Nice. We literally didn't rehearse. We just like sat yeah. in the room and like listened to them, like smash out like a 45 minute set. And it was unbelievable. Um, when, um, Ron from the Stooges died and they brought back their, um, raw power guitar. Player, uh-huh. We were down in LA rehearsing for a recording and uh this uh rehearsal studio was like out by sunset and um so there's one big room where it was always like big big stars were in the big room uh-huh. big room because they, it had the kind of facilities where you could like you could like practice for the big stage show like they yeah had a big stage yeah like a showcase room yeah exactly and so um so anyway, we found out that um, the Stooges were rehearsing there, and um, we were, of course, really excited about that. But every day that we were showing up, we we're like, um, "Where? When are they here?" And they're like, "Oh, well, you guys rehearse in the evening. They come. They're here more. Like they have it twenty four seven, but they're here more in the middle of the day. Yeah, they right. Come back in the middle of the day, and that in the room in the hallway they have like a." the section where you can lock up all your gear, uh-huh. you know? And so we left our gear there and we had it locked up. And then we came back the middle of the next day, just me and my drummer, just, just to like, yeah, see what's see, up here. The Stooges rehearsing. And, um, and I like came in and said, Oh, I need to get my pedals. Like I need, I need to work on them or whatever. And I didn't, but I had a screwdriver on me and like some new batteries 
so we just stood in the hallway. I like that, for the the use of props there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we just stood in the hallway for a half an hour and listened to Raw Power. Wow. Played, and it was weird because they. I don't know if you do this. Um, I'm always interested to find out if there's anybody else who does this. They were going through sections of the song. Oh, uh, I mean, we will. Yeah, we do do that. You do that? Yeah, yeah. I've never done Just that. Just to like Once tighten I'm playing a song, like the only time maybe is like a sound check. Yeah, right. You know, and I'll be like, okay, we played a third of the song. I know it sounds fine now. Yeah. Let's move on to the next. I don't like sound. Do you like sound checks? Yes. I don't yeah. like sound. Surprisingly enough, it's kind of weird and uh, it's a big frustration of mine, but a lot of sound engineers will be like, oh, you've got a floor tom snare and guitar. Oh yeah, this is going to be an easy night and it's never an easy night for them because like I use, <clears throat> I have like three signals coming out. I have like a DI, a bass amp and a guitar amp. Oh, okay. Um, and then I have like pedals that are switching them on and off and like pog pedals and oh. it's like throughout the set there's a lot of sound yeah like it's a wall sound and then, and then like there's the backtrack right no, no. yeah <laughs> i know right then there's the guy at the back actually doing it all <laughs> yeah. yeah and then like cat's drums are like tuned really dead oh and uh like the floor tom especially so like um like yeah sometimes like when a sound guy or girl like says like oh this is gonna be a cruisy night i'm always like shit like this is gonna sound like crap and you know like we have like really like because we want to sound as big as a real four-piece band that's our thing like we don't want to be like the reason we have our setups not to be like a minimal band like our whole aim is to like try and blow a five-piece band out of the water that's interesting yeah you, you uh because, like, on record, I wouldn't guess that at nah. all. Like, I would guess that you're going low, lo-fi. On yeah, well, record. especially the first record, because we recorded mm-hmm. it in a room about this size in nine hours. Right. Just straight into Pro Tools. <laughs> like, no... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, like, yeah, no outboard gear or anything. Um, but, the, like, the new record, we spent a lot more time. Like, I used about six amps running at once. So we could, like, chop and change between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the... Like currently writing album number three now and like using a lot more pog pedal hmm. um, to like really beef it out a lot more. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we first started, we were super minimal. Like Cat had... Well, Cat had never played in a band before. So Cat mm. had no idea about drums. And I mean, I played drums when I was a kid, but I didn't really know about tuning them. So we right. just had this like random 14-inch floor tom that was just like whatever the tuning was when... I got it off my buddy. Yeah, that's like, what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. And then I had like a 15-watt Laney that sounded like two bees buzzing together. <laughs> and and like the, and that's what we recorded the first... That was the first record. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I knew nothing of like dynamics of like maybe having like a, a boost pedal for choruses or like a right. distortion pedal for choruses or... Right. It, it was just like all, that, just yeah, go. That's great. Yeah. And this, and this is, and then this was, uh, all kind of a natural evolution that, that started and were you guys already in a relationship where you are? Yeah. We'd been, uh, we'd been going out for like, we started going out, I was like 19 in 2006. Yeah. So like from 2006 to like 2011. So that, Mm -hmm. like that long, we were just like. I was in like playing bass in another band up yeah. until that point, but 
when that band fizzled out, um, I was like, I don't want to start a band with like a bunch of dudes again. Mm-hmm. And like, I had a really, uh, it was funny. Like this band's like actually like more of Kat's vision than it was of mine. Like Kat was like, I, I wanted like, I reckon we should start a band. You know, it's like, like the glitz and glamour of like David Bowie, but like the, the, the grit of like a young Iggy pop. Mm-hmm. She was like, if we could start a band like that, that would be so cool. And that was like the, that's what we set out to like initially, mm-hmm. that was like our like goal. But like, um, our, like, like our, our idols are the Gories. Mm. Um, and what was psycho is Dan from the Gories turned up to our San Francisco show on Thursday and I turned into like a full on fanboy, but he, yeah. he, he's a fan of the band and, uh, oh, he, so he was cool. shaking his tail feather during our set, you know, and he was oh, asking me, so like, he was like, oh man, your guitar talent sound is so awesome. Like, what are you using? It's so big and like chunky. And like, uh-huh. he's like, if you shut your eyes, it feels like there's like four people on stage sort of thing. I was like, oh, whoa, my God, so cool. I'm like melting right now. Like, yeah. like dying. But, um, yeah, I, you just, I guess we just keep finding, like now I have like a proper pedal board. You just kind of like, yeah. I guess it's like the show's got bigger and bigger for us in Australia. Yeah. Um, and we and just did like, pay for things. Yeah, we've got a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. Uh, we don't have any addictions, so we're not wasting our money on on crack or alcohol. So Thank goodness. yeah, so like I bought like a new guitar with money that we made from because um, we went on our friends' band just recently got extremely huge in Australia uh, called Violent Soho, uh-huh. um, and they just did a really successful American tour where they sold out majority of their shows too. But wow. um, they were doing like 2,500 cap rooms and they mm-hmm. asked us to go and open for them this year. Great. And, uh, that was in one of Australia. the, yeah, yeah. And that was one of the greatest experiences ever because they had like two techs, guitar techs and drum tech. And I learned so much on that tour. Like, yeah, like just like little things. Like I, I didn't realize like how much goes on behind the amps, like were how they, much gear is like, like, you know, yeah. behind what you're seeing, were you know? They, were they touring with a front of house too? Oh yeah. yeah. So was that front of house like also working with you? Yeah. Which that's a whole yeah achievement in itself. Like yeah. Tour with your own front of house. Oh, we didn't have our own sound guy. Sorry. Yeah, no, we, but did, yeah. was he doing front of house for you too? Though. No, we had to just use the uh, the, oh, the, the 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 guy I, that was there. But like, okay. I mean, they like the guys that are there, like um. The guy who did us in Brisbane is like Courtney Barnett's touring. They're pretty pro, yeah, sort of guy, you know. Yeah, cap room. It yeah. was, yeah. it was just, yeah. But like, uh, like now I have this thing. It's like a DB booster, mm-hmm. and it's like sitting just on top. It looks like nothing, mm-hmm. but it's just like I can change it. Yeah, depending on, uh, and it's cool. I love it. Like, it's really clean, and uh, I don't have to have my amps as loud, mm-hmm. and I can just like crank that, and it gives you like such a big, full, thick sound. So it's just like. I'm always kind of, um, I wouldn't say like I'm an, like a nerd when it comes to gear, but like I do spend a lot of time researching like things. No, I think that's interesting because I'm like, I'm not, and I'm, and I know so many more musicians that are, yeah. you know, like gear nuts is what we call them. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I'm, and, um, yeah, I mean, to me, like the ultimate, I was just thinking about this today. I mean, to, to like to try and explain to somebody who um, doesn't write music or whatever, because sometimes they, they, you know, they can 
consider it quite like a mystery. Uh huh. How you know you can be a professional artist, professional songwriter. Like where do they come from? How does that happen? You know. Yeah. But it's like if you're just in your car and you're in traffic, you know, your hand might be like. Yeah. Just tapping along, you know, and you're like, oh, I like that beat. And what's happening is like you're making, you're soothing yourself. You're actually making yourself feel better with yeah. creative thought. Yeah. And and that's what songwriting is. It's just like every time you, not, not every time you attempt to write a song. I mean, attempting to write a song can make you fucking bonkers. Yeah. But but finishing a song that you like mm-hmm. is like one of the best thrills on earth. Yeah. Yeah, you know, which yeah. Is why we and, and so whether you put it out or not, you know, like yeah. whether it, it ever like sees the light of day, it's still like huge. I have so many songs, like even on acoustic guitars that I've like written, and I have no idea what it's for, or right. like it's definitely not Gooch Palms, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but they like it still feels so like awesome when you've got like a yeah. three minute and twenty second song, and yeah. you've like done it and like i have no idea where that came from or what it is and it sounds like nothing that we could ever use but just save it but just, i like you know. it it's pretty yeah. and i can play it whenever i want yeah that's another thing it's like it's a possession without possession yeah you know yeah it's, it's a, a possession of zero substance yeah but it causes all this yeah yeah pretty neat yeah that's really cool yeah well i'm really stoked for you um and it, it's uh i really enjoy your uh, your attitude and Thanks. outlook on things and yeah and uh i'll, I'll be rooting for you I'm oh cheers you thanks yeah yeah. yeah 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 we're having a ball i mean if even if this is it i mean we couldn't have we couldn't have ever thought when we started the band in our room like i said with the like floor tom that came from a buddy and yeah. like the little 15 watt amp like if someone said it said like you're gonna sell shows out and pack shows out in the, in australia and you know get to tour with your buddies in 2500 cat rooms and then then hop on a plane and go to america and tour america and like yeah. you know people actually turn up you know and then like <laughs> yeah. we're going to europe and uk for the first time but the fact that like a touring company even knows who we are to bring us out over there it's like yeah. it's crazy like if I went back in time went like this is what you're going to be doing in 2016 yeah. I would have been like get fucked there's yeah. no way <laughs> there's yeah. no way yeah. Yeah. yeah even though like that was the dream it's still it's it just doesn't like I think I think like anyone that grows up in a smaller town you kind of like go through that thing of like how like how can yeah. you do it yeah how is it achievable yeah you know, um, how am I ever going to get out of here? But I think as long as you keep thinking that, how am I ever going to get out of here? You often get out of there, you know, not that we like have any, like, like it's still, I love going back to Newcastle. Like it's my, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite cities in the world still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like when I go back there, it's just like, it's home. And like our hometown is like, like got behind us so much and they're so proud of us. And that is so cool. Um, um, but yeah, like there was moments when I was like, you know, 17, 18, just moping around Newcastle, just going, you know, I'd always go down and buy the latest Rolling Stone and yeah. always pick up the street press and be like, oh man, I just don't know how I'm going to get out of here. Like there's just, there was no light at the end of the tunnel, That's amazing. you know, um, you know, I guess like, yeah, it's like kind of like, um, you know, um, especially like 
when like it's sort of like that sort of town that you just get a full-time job go to university yeah get a wife get a house have a kid and then that's like kind of like that's just like the thing that people do and there's nothing wrong with that but yeah that just wasn't i don't know i just was like lucky to meet cat i guess that had like Mm -hmm. a similar cat was like i want to be in a band but i don't know how i'm gonna do this (laughs) (laughs) i really admire that yeah i I remember like we hadn't even started dating yet we were just like friends and Mm -hmm. uh like, yeah, she was always just like, you know, I could see that she wanted it so bad. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I was like, when we finally started going out, I was like, I ain't starting another band with anyone else. We're just, we're <laughs> going to, we're going to figure this out. I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll figure it out. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're, we're still figuring it out, but which is kind of oh, yeah. cool, you know? It is. I think the moment you have it figured out, you're moving backwards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and if you're smart, I mean, maybe you'll notice that you don't have it figured out. Yeah. Keep working. Yeah. Yeah. It. Never figure it out. No. That's the key. That's the key to creativity. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try and find it. Just do it. Yeah. Oh, great to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't he great? I had a great time talking with Leroy um, during that interview and after. I mean, it's not even an interview, you know, it's a conversation, but whatever. Um, he <laughs> He's a really cool guy, and um, definitely look out for their new album, Introverted Extroverts, out now on Burger Records here in the U.S. They are on tour here in the U.S. as well, so you have an opportunity to go see them live and uh, pick up their album in person if you like. Okay, we need to thank our other sponsor for today, Blumenstein Audio. Check out Blumenstein Audio for the ultimate in high fidelity single driver speakers, subwoofers, and audio accessories for music lovers. Since 2006, Blumenstein Audio has been delivering their entire fine line of handcrafted speakers here in the Northwest. Seattle specifically, but they've sold all over the globe, and they're very popular with audiophiles and even just design nuts, people who like good-looking stuff. So go check them out at BlumensteinAudio.com. That's B-L-U-M-E-N-S-T-E-I-N Audio.com and get a 10% discount on checkout for being a listener of this show. Just use the promo code BD and you'll get that discount. Write us a review on iTunes, please. It helps the show. And uh, check us out on Instagram at BD and the Sheiks. We're on Twitter too, right behind us. That's it for today. Until the next episode.